I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Hi, I'm Russell Hargreaves, welcoming you to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 28th of March 2016. On this week's show, we'll hear Mesut Ozil's first interview in English. Ryan Roadcastle, son of the late Arsenal legend David Roadcastle, joins us. And Adrian Clarke is back with his preview of the visit of Watford. But let's kick off with Access Arsenal. Access Arsenal. We talked to some of those individuals who've worked behind the scenes at the club and done some pretty cool jobs over the years. And I'm delighted to say that for this month's Access Arsenal, we're joined by the Arsenal club historian Ian Cook. Ian, very good to have you with us. How thank are you? you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Um, I guess we'll start, if we can, by just giving us a bit of a background. So being the club's historian, mm-hmm. what does it entail? Um, all manner of things, really. Um, most of the time when I'm here in the office, um, it's just ans- answering any historical questions. We get quite a few, actually. I was uh, literally speaking to a lady this morning trying to trace if the club stayed at a hotel in Bath in 1904. So it gives you an idea as to how vague it can be sometimes. Did they? Um, we're not 100% sure. <laughs> they were pretty busy, actually. I mean, weirdly, uh, at that time, they had five games in eight days uh, over the Christmas period, um, which, if we think they pack it in now, they really did then, um, from, I think, the 24th to the 31st. They literally played nearly every day. Uh, so Amazing. it's possible that they use this hotel in Bath as a an actual base at the time because obviously you know in those days it was our first year in the first division and uh, we were quite new to that kind of thing so um, it's quite a good hub for tra- train travel as well I see but uh, yeah that's just I mean a lot of it comes um, families asking if granddad great granddad was involved with the club sometimes unfortunately we can't find anything but you know some of our records from the early days are a little vague so uh, we never say never um, and trial records, of course, we don't have. So there's every chance that you know, Grandad had a trial for us at one stage, and we just don't have the records anymore. 
Um, but all, yeah, I'm also uh, just checking. Uh, we're doing a new honours board for Colney. Yes. Uh, I think one of the areas up there. So we're just checking that we've got our honours correct as well uh, and the correct titles and such like. So whatever comes along. And just tell us a bit about how you got involved with Arsenal Football Club, how long you've been here and, and what you were doing before, I suppose. Yeah, no, I came straight from school in 79. Um, I just literally saw uh, an advertisement on the board which was just pinned up that Arsenal were looking for a box office junior. Uh, just happened to be passing a particular notice board at a particular time. Just phoned in the, the, to the club. Um, Ken Fryer, who's been with us even longer than me, um, had been at school, I think when it was called Highbury County at the same school, so I presume he still had a few contacts there, so just asked them to put the notice on the board, which I replied to. I came in a few days later, had an interview with Mr Fryer, and also another chap called David Miles, who's been here equally as long and uh, both still here of course and um, immediately started on the Monday after um, in the box office as the box office junior. I spent what 12-13 years in the ticket office eventually becoming a joint manager and there was then a choice of running that with Ivan Walsall who's still here at the moment or setting up the original museum at Highbury which uh, I was offered the chance to do I was actually, even then, answering any inquiries. We used to get, in those days, it was letters, yeah. of course, long before emails. And, and that's also exploded since, hasn't it, with the different means of contact yeah. now. And I would imagine doing this will probably get quite a few inquiries coming yeah. in from families asking about uh, granddad and great-granddad. Um, but, yeah, even in those days, when we had quieter times in the ticket office, I would answer you know, any letters that had come in and check out historical references. So... I was just asked as a result to uh, set up the museum. Um, quite a quite a departure to kind of spend a year kind of checking out other museums, seeing what was good and what was bad, and effectively project manage the the setting up the original museum. Um, and then once that was up and running, I was curator of that, and then we started doing stadium tours to kind of add to the you know, yeah. enjoyment of coming to the museum. The whole experience, yeah. absolutely. So a club with such a rich tapestry, with, with so much that has happened over its illustrious history. Maybe we'll start with your favourite moment that you've experienced working yeah. here. Mickey Thomas, definitely. Uh, 90, uh, sorry, 89. Um, we weren't actually there but we were at Highbury we'd actually been working that day and um, obviously we'd seen the coaches off earlier in the day heading off to Amberfield and by the end of the day what we'd done was set up in those days the height of things was um, big kind of video screens yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. we got one kind of up in the one of the big areas up above the marble hall um, there was quite a big room up there and the staff you know any any of the staff who wanted to watch which was nearly everyone um, kind of collected there after work to, to watch the game on the big screen we, we had a few bottles of champagne just in case um, but you know we'd had a great season even then uh, we were going to have a few drinks to celebrate what had been a brilliant season if the guys hadn't done what they yeah. did but of course when they did do what they did uh, it, it exploded was, into life yeah an incredible <laughs> evening and um, you know what happened uh, you've presumably seen the film Fever Pitch mm. and it was literally like a kind of Brazilian street carnival then you know outside with the you know obviously the team up in Liverpool uh, or kind of by then on their way back um, mm. there was really the focal point was to come to Highbury you know people have been watching on TV and just came down and 
just celebrating. If you happen to have your car parked outside the front entrance that <laughs> night, it was possibly not a good idea. But um, <laughs> the coach actually came back from the game. Uh, I think there was the kit man and some skips on the coach, and they were literally, you know, almost chaired off and taken back to the dressing room. So, uh, none of the players, obviously, they'd all got off and gone home long before. But uh, <laughs> it was a really strange atmosphere, so everyone really enjoyed that. But uh, certainly, that's my best memory. And it's quite a memory, believe Not you that, me. Yeah. yeah. Um, going back to kind of your role a bit more directly, mm-hmm. what would you say has been the best part, the most enjoyable thing that you either do do or have had the chance to do? Um, I think probably meeting kind of so many influential people and great players over the years you know obviously very nice to bump into the old players obviously they used to at Highbury things were a a little different to the way they are now they used to train there uh, once or twice a week and used to come into the office so we used to be quite close to the players in those days whereas now of course they spend their entire time up at Colney really the only time they come in now is for match days um, so we used to know the players pretty well and um, you know it's still good to see them all I mean you get the occasional visit from some of the other guys who pop in Mickey Thomas comes down sometimes just talking about he's based in uh, Liverpool now up in the Wirral um, so yeah always great to see the old players and you get to see some very interesting people too so. Who would be a couple of the, the classic players from maybe even many years gone by that you've had the chance to meet? Um, well I, I started doing Legends tours at Highbury um, we kind of instigated those many years ago with Charlie George and who's still yeah. doing them uh, he's probably going around about now as we speak um, so yeah great to work you know someone when I, I don't like to remind him actually when I was a kid seeing him score that goal in 1971 and then of course I'm actually doing stadium tours and going around the stadium with him um, and getting paid to do it which isn't bad um, you know so many other people um, my favourite player again when I was a kid was a guy called Malcolm McDonald who I've only met once um, I just saw him wandering about the podium when I was doing the stadium tour when we first moved here I think I uh, just saw this grey-haired gentleman walking around, but the legs looked <laughs> significantly kind of bandy, shall we say, and uh, I just kind of looked at us and he kind of was. nodded and so we shook hands. Oh, you were my favourite player when I was a kid, and he, he was really very nice about it, but probably very embarrassing. But, uh, and from a, another respect, um, uh, from a kind of uh, not from a football point of view, Tony McCoy, uh, who we met a few years ago, obviously a huge Arsenal fan, and just after he'd been made Sports Personality of the Year, Brilliant. and um, you know, lovely guy, incredibly uh, modest, and um, really enjoys his football too. And just as we let you go, I know we've talked about how there are so many people who stay integrally involved mm. within the club and its fabric over the years, which is wonderful, but if I was to ask you what is the kind of the heartbeat, the most quintessential thing about being an employee and, and a lover of, of Arsenal, what would you say? It's just a pleasure to work here, really. Um, you know, I don't, as I say, I do miss Highbury, I must admit, I'm, but I'm getting old. Um, but you know, when you think it's ten years now since we left almost, um, it's quite difficult to quantify that at the time. I was saying exactly that to somebody yesterday, actually, how time flies, football seasons seem to fly by and then summers take a little longer for some reason but with us it's August and then before you know it it's up to almost Christmas 
and then suddenly it's like March like it is now and the season's almost over again and you know that seems to happen every year yeah Repeat, repeatedly incredibly quickly and suddenly you've done 30 odd years of I as I had so that's the way it goes but very lucky to uh, obviously be part of it absolutely brilliant so that is Ian Cook the club historian here at Arsenal joining us on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast a pleasure and thank you very much indeed for your no, time sir sure very nice to meet you so that is the Access Arsenal segment for this month here on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast that'll be back in April Mesut Ozil is enjoying his most productive season in English football and is closing in on Thierry Henry's Premier League single-season assist record. He spoke with Arsenal Media for his first interview in English to talk about his thoughts on the title run-in and also honing his trick-shot skills. Mesut, what makes you still believe that Arsenal can win the title this season? So, you know, a few weeks ago they told us, OK, we can, uh, we can win the league. So... Every week can be changed um, the position, so we have to win our games, especially at home. So our next game will be a very important for us. So if we take the three points and the, another team um, lose points, so it's, it will be good for us. But in football, it's everything possible. We have a lot of games now, but we have to start and believe in us. So we have to take the points and. This is the most important thing, and of course we believe in us. In football, can everything happens, so we believe in that. It's such a tight league this season. It seems as though every team can beat every team. So, are you confident that if you get a run of consistency going, the other title candidates will drop points along the way? Of course, um, we have to show to another clubs as well. They have to lose points. So, if you win our games and they will will the, the games as well, so it will be difficult for us. Now it's not possible to um, to win just our games. So we have to show the another team they can they have to lose the points as well. So first step um, we have to believe in us. We have to now work harder than before. So it will be coming tough games for us. Um, but we have to take the points. So in the end we will see if we win the title, we will be very happy because we believe in us and if you see the whole season we played very well so we lost some points um, because we doesn't want to concentrate or we lost the games because we doesn't score so now we have to fight for each games and to take the points so in the end then we will see if it will be enough or not. Arsenal took 25 points from the corresponding remaining nine fixtures last season. Does that give you confidence that you can replicate that and do it again? Really, we don't show about them. Um, because we have we break records. We Last year, we, yeah, we won all the last eight games. So we doesn't care about that. And now it's important what happens now. So we have to concentrate now and give uh, everything on the pitch. We have to fight. Uh, I know the teams against us um, will fight, of course, to take the points against us. So it will be tough games. So we have to fight on the pitch and we have to think um, game to game. Not like now we can start eight games in a row, we can win it and we can take the points. So now we have to think first 
against Watford now, then after we will see. We've often seen you doing tricks with, with chewing gum in the warm-up, um, in adverts as well. Um, you've even kicked chewing gum into the lens of a camera, I think. Did you often play football with, with different objects as a kid? Did you ever maybe play with a tennis ball in the house or anything like that? Yes, sometimes, yeah, of course. Not just with chewing gum um, or tennis ball, with basketball as well, sometimes with medicine ball. Like with the five kilograms, I will try, but it's very difficult. Or with, with sometimes on the pitch, if, I, if I'm boring after the game, so it's the game finish. If I see something on the pitch, like tape or like, um, like this kind of stuff, so I take it and play with them. So. Has it always been like that? Always, yeah. Like if, if I was a young guy, so if I see something like, I always try with them to juggle. What was that? Yeah, juggle. Yeah, to juggle with them. So that because I am so good with sharing. Now I make joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you were a kid, then taking us all the way back to your childhood, um, was there like a particular? Thing that you do would it often be with, with a tennis ball or, or would it be with a basketball would, would you play out on the street a lot so especially in my vacation so I make always vacation with my friends with, uh, with I grow up so if we are together so we make sometimes some games like okay with a tennis ball two touch or with the basketball is more heavier than normal so with the normal ball you know if you want to play so we, we just play with the different kind of stuff, so I like it and we had a lot of fun. And just very finally, um, looking back, how much do you think that's helped your, your technique and touch? I think so, not really. Um, what helped me before was I always play against the older ones, you know, so like against my brother or his friends because they was always older than me, five, six years maybe. I was 11, they was already 17, 18. So they was really, was against them very tough. So of course in this pitch where I grow up, it, no, it doesn't was nice. So it was like with stones, like you, you have to be really concentrated if you take the ball. So. I think this kind of stuff helped me more than this because this one is okay to juggle with the ball, with the, with the tennis ball or something like this. So it's good for the feeling, but I think what helped me for my technique is this pitch in Gelsenkirchen. You can read more of that interview in the Arsenal magazine, which is available now. Now from one silky skilled midfielder, we're going to remember another in this week's history lesson. And it's Adams, put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him. Oh, the three goal! It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On the 31st of March 2001, the world of football mourned the loss of Arsenal legend David Rowcastle. Rocky rose through the ranks at Arsenal, playing 277 times for the club and scoring 34 goals between 1985 and 1992. That included this memorable lob against Manchester United in October 91. Oh, missed completely by Webb. And, uh, Rowcastle, a central figure again. And he looks to trick Schmeichel. Manchester United goalkeeper. 
a goal greatly appreciated on the Arsenal bench. David Rocastle, it's been a renaissance for him this season after a couple of years, and he's really been out of sorts. But this was vintage Rocastle. Getting- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Better of Robson to start with. Same where Schmeichel was, lofting the ball over him, off the bar, off the goalkeeper and in. David was part of the title-winning teams of 1989 and 1991 and the League Cup-winning team of 1987, where he scored the winner in the semi-final against North London rivals Tottenham at White Hart Lane in the final minutes of the match. David was one of the most gifted players the club has ever seen, but more importantly, was also an even better man. And the tributes that poured in after his death from across the world of football were testament to just how much he was loved. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. I'm delighted to say that our Arsenal insider this week is Ryan Rowcastle, son of the great David Rowcastle. Uh, Ryan, great to have you on the show, my friend. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. We've been celebrating your dad's life and career on the podcast today, pretty much 15 years on, of course, since his passing. Um, I guess if we can just start maybe with your memories of him, perhaps as, as a player, his playing career, first of all, and everything that you've obviously seen since as well from the footage. When, because um, I was born in 
but I do I'd say the stuff I remember mainly was towards the end of his career. You know, when we went out to Malaysia and he was playing for a team called FC Sabah. Those are the times I remember sort of watching him in the stadium. Um, but in terms of when he was playing in England, it, because I was so young, it was sort of a, a blur to me. But I guess on tape as well, as you've looked back over the years as well, you've had the opportunity to see some of the brilliance of your dad and some of the wonderful goals he scored and just his all-round sort of team play as well, which was another one of his big kind of assets for me. Yeah, of course. Sometimes when you're looking at the videos and even, even though it's my dad, it's like, wow, that's, a bit, that's amazing. <laughs> and all the goals, he was like... Yeah, sometimes it feels pretty surreal to see it, but you know, I guess that was he always wanted to be a footballer, and as you said, he was very skillful. He learned a lot just by playing out or in the park and stuff like that on Sunday. On Sunday league, and he was able to transform that into into a, into doing it at a level. So yeah, he did, that was that was his passion, and he managed to. That's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, and just, you know, as a man, very, very much respected as well. And, and obviously from your memories of him as, as your dad, as your old man as well, for, for those years as well that he was with you. Just tell us a bit more about maybe David as an individual, because he was a very warm man, wasn't he, and very much loved. Yeah, that's why I think that's why the fans, not just for um, the players on the pitch, I think the fans loved him because he would always wanted the government out to, to sign autographs or, you know, to speak to speak with the supporters. Um, and I think people remember that um, as one of his, his biggest traits. But as just after that, he was just, you know, how, how you'd expect, how you'd want your dad to be. Very, um, very generous, very funny, uh, someone you could learn of. Like you could stop to. He was, um, you know, what you feel on on the cameras, like, or when people got to speak to him off the field. Is pretty much how he was, you know, most of the times with us. So I can't really, um, can't really say he was any different to that. You know, That's brilliant. maybe if he, had, if he had lost the game, I think if you were to speak to Mum, he'd tell you that. He wasn't the best person to be around then because he, <laughs> he would, you know, he, he wouldn't want to go out or. Oh, I think we've just lost the line there. Hello, David. I think we've just lost the line there, guys. Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, I was just uh, All right, pal.
guys, sorry, we just lost you there. The line dipped out. Sorry about that. No, no problem. All right. Um, I think I can probably just pick up from where you were, I think, uh, unless you had anything more to say. You were just saying about how, um, it, it, you know, he wasn't the greatest guy to be around if, if they lost. I could probably pick it up from there with another question, or is there anything else you wanted to sort of say to round that off, if you see what I mean? No, 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 I was, yeah, no, I was just saying, yeah, that, when, 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 so, to be honest with you, any team, you would say that even, like, back in when, we, when he was at Malaysia, you know, not playing for a big, a big team or anything, but that, he was very serious and professional about about playing football, and that was sort of the only time he would... He could be a bit moody, I guess. <laughs> Natural winner, which I think is another of those aspects that people very much picked up as well. Um, just tell me then, Ryan, now, obviously a lot of people will know who you are and who your father was. Do you ever still get approached by anybody? Um, yeah, well, if, if someone not hears my last name quite often, you know, they'll sort of be like, oh, and then there's me. Uh, actually, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, and sometimes people would be a bit like, well, I'll, you know, just wanted to shake my hand immediately after that. Um, so you, I can get that. And also if someone, if I told someone who my dad is, then they would be like, oh, I can, I can see it, actually. In your face. So, <laughs> the family resemblance, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say, you know, uh, It's something, you know, you just kind of get used to. Definitely. Um, now, back in the 2001 FA Cup final, uh, you, of course, had the chance to lead the team out as mascots, didn't you? Which must have been a very emotive time for, for some fairly clear reasons, but one that I'm sure you must remember very, very well. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but when I, was, when I was doing that, I was, I was just nine years old. So obviously, when you're that young, you don't totally know like everything that's going on. Like now, when I look back on it, I think, yeah, well. Uh, but at the time, yeah, for me, it was just like, I'm, well, I'm going to be leading the team out for the FA Cup. We're going to win. Um, it's going to be a great day out. Obviously, we didn't win, so <laughs> it wasn't wasn't as good. But still, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. One. One that I'll always, I'll always remember. Um, but yeah, now when you think of, you know, it was just a few weeks after, just a few weeks after Dad died, which at the time you know, the, the emotional side of it hasn't doesn't really affect you when you're when you're when you're so young because just kind of getting on with life. And, yeah, no, absolutely, no. Amazing, amazing thoughts. Thing, and yeah. yeah, no, thank you very much for that. Um, let's just finish, if you can, with a couple moving forward on your good self. Of course, you now work with as a journalist, don't you? And you write for the Arsenal magazine. Um, was the media something that you always had your eye on or, or how was your transition through into, into this industry, should I call it? Yeah, no, it was something I'd been, I'd been interested in for a very long time. Um, I... That is what I went to study at, um, study for my degree. I studied journalism at Kingston University, and so it was something. Yeah, I always 
been into sports reporting, sports media, and um, yeah, it's just obviously when if when Andy asked me asked me if I just wanted to write for the magazine, I was very happy to do so. You know, I did I've been writing blogs about Arsenal before, so it made natural sense to to do that. And I've done some really great interviews for for the magazine, you know, with not not just you know I've done with really interesting ones with big names like Thierry Thierry, but also like speaking to the head scout like Steve Rowley and people like Ken Fryer that they've they've been really interesting as well because you get to see an insight that that's different from what you know. Of course, and of course, and just to plug this month's magazine, of course, you've got a piece uh, with Pedro Losa in it, haven't you? Tell us a bit about that to finish off. Yeah, so obviously he's the Arsenal ladies manager. Um, when I went to interview him, I went to the hub at the training ground where the ladies have kind of got their, their new centre going on, which was fantastic. And yeah, we was just talking about uh, the season, which is up which big. Birmingham. Um, but we were just talking about how women's football has grown. Uh, he was telling me about um, you know, how it's different from being in America, where he used to work, what he thinks it would be like in the future, and how we've managed to get big transfers in at Arsenal and things. So it's a really exciting time for, for women's football. Brilliant. Definitely worth a read. So that's coming up in this month's magazine. And wonderful to have you back onto the show. That is Ryan Rowcastle, son, of course, of the great David Rowcastle, speaking to us on the Arsenal Weekly podcast. And, Ryan, we appreciate your time and all of your thoughts there. It's been fascinating to have you on, mate. No, not a problem. Thank you very much. Adrian Clark hosts The Breakdown every Monday on Arsenal.com and he's also back in the studio with me now to look ahead to Arsenal's next game, which, of course, is against Watford. Remember them this coming Saturday. Clarky, how's it going? Yeah, okay. all good, my friend. Yeah, all good. Back is properly healed uh, now. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm fit and healthy. Yeah, pleased to report. Worried me for a couple of weeks. Worried <laughs> yourself. I'm getting but... old, Russ. I'm getting old. <laughs> You're only a couple of years older than me, but no, no, it's all good. Um, Watford, obviously, the team that stung the Gunners and knocked them out of the cup two or three weeks ago. Um, chance for Revenge, I suppose. Uh, yeah, revenge is in the air, definitely. Uh, because they owe, they owe Watford one, no doubt about that. It was a really sound performance, I've got to say, from the Hornets. Kike Sanchez-Flores got his game plan just about right, I thought. But can Lightning strike twice? Arsenal, you look at their players, you compare them to Watford's players... We have the stronger team by a long, long way. We've got to we've got to use that talent wisely in this game and, and get the three points that we desperately need. And with Arsenal's focuses shifting a little, shall we say, over the course of, of the last few weeks, yeah. this is the basket that Arsenal Wenger now puts every single egg into, isn't it? Yeah, obviously, yeah. It's all about the Premier League now and... They are able to build on what was a much improved performance against Everton. I've got to say, everything they did in that match is what you want them to do every week in terms of the off-the-ball work rate was tremendous. The tactical game plan was spot on. And the skill and technical side of the way Arsenal attacked had so much more of a pattern to it and a shape. And if Arsenal play like that, 
they'll beat most teams, if not everyone in the Premier League. So that was a couple of weeks ago. We've had a rest week since. Do you mm. think that that will still be fresh enough in the players' minds through training? Do you think they'll still have that kind of galvanisation and that, that feel-good factor from how things click? You'd hope so, wouldn't you? Uh, I don't know, logic would tell you that you want to play straight away exactly. because you've got the momentum, but you've also got a little bit of a breather, recharge the batteries, and, and, and you've also, in a funny kind of way, even though a lot of players have had internationals on their minds, you've also had this match on your mind for quite a while as well. So it's like, right, we need to do that again, the same again, blah, blah, blah. You, 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 there is a long time to think about how to beat Watford, and obviously it works for Watford too, but I don't think it's going to do Arsenal too much harm. I expect the focus to be perfect in this game. Now, without too much going over the old yes. ground that we discussed when we previewed the Cup game, yeah. quite a few of the Watford kind of doctrines still apply, don't they? Most of their goals coming from Dini and Igalo, and generally quite sound and solid at the back. But they have actually shipped one or two more goals of late than they were, haven't they? Yeah, they haven't been brilliant. They had a really bad follow-up, actually, against Stoke City played superbly in the Cup against Arsenal, and then they go and lose at home to Stoke. And they were outplayed in that game. So, in a funny kind of way, Arsenal come into this game feeling much better about themselves than Watford do, which seems strange given the nature of what happened in the Cup. I feel that Arsenal played into Watford's hands in, in the Cup match. Um, the centre-halves, they were fed too many easy crosses to deal with. Everything that we did was sent to down the middle. And, and that... Where the they're very strong. Yeah, where they're course. very strong, yeah. They, they, they want you to funnel all your attacks in the middle segment of the pitch. And that's kind of what we did, what Stowe did. It went down the sides a lot more effectively. And Arsenal did that, of course, late on in the cup game. And I expect them to do it a lot more in this. It's all about getting the ball wide and, and getting in behind this Watford defence. Getting behind them will score goals. So would this be a, a time to really, as you say, play wide, but also probably, therefore, pick a team accordingly? I think so. Uh, but I, I don't expect Arsene Wenger to make any changes, mm. fitness permitted. It was just terrific at Goodison Park. I think Alex Iwobi worked well on the, on the left. And that will give Nathan Ake, who, who did, did excellently, I thought, at Emirates at left-back, give him something completely fresh to think about, having to look after Alexis, who I think has had a little bit of a new lease of life playing on the right-hand side in Barcelona and against Everton. He looked much improved. So, look, I think it'll be the same again from Arsenal. Um, and hopefully it'll be a very different outcome. So give me a key battleground if you can. Oh please, yeah, for well, this one. key battleground. You give me one there, obviously already. But... Yeah, well, I think you've got to rewind the clock and think about what hurt us in in that FA Cup tie, and in the second half it was Deeney, wasn't it? It was Deeney's flick on for Igalo. It was Deeney that was pulling the strings in behind the front man. So it's all about screening the service into Deeney like we did for Romelu Lukaku. Elneny and Coquelin, brilliant at stemming that service. So you've got to, basically, you've got the centre-halves getting tight to Dini, and you've got the central midfielders on his toes. Get him out of the game. Watford don't have half the potency. OK, so in a sentence to conclude, Adrian, how would you beat Watford? Well, you beat Watford by doing the exact opposite of what we did in that FA Cup tie. It was, it was a not a good performance. We rip, rip up that game plan and we go with what we did at Everton. Produce that, 
We'll win this easily. Beat Watford by doing everything completely differently. <laughs> I like it. Clarky, always a pleasure, my friend. Right, no worries. And don't forget, of course, you can join Dan Roebuck and David Hillier for the Match Day show from 2.30 on Saturday afternoon. That's for all the build-up to the game and then uninterrupted audio commentary at 3. That is on Arsenal.com and on the Arsenal mobile app. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Mesut Ozil, Ryan Rowcastle, Ian Cook and to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Remember, if you've not already, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and then you'll never miss a new show. We're back on Monday, the 4th of April. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.